Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal, Geogiagi. This is the 158th show. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we share with you a new conversation every week and are broadcast across campus community radio stations in Canada and listened to globally. On the broadcast today, I'm going to be sharing a conversation that I had with Javid Ja, who is an interdisciplinary artist based in Toronto. Uh, Javid's work explores how public space can be interacted with and also how um, communities within the context of Canada that have historically experienced marginalization or cultural expression that is outside of the white Anglo-Saxon colonial dominant framework can interact with public space as expressed through art. Uh, Javid's work has been exhibited globally. Um, he was part of an exhibition installation project called The Universe Within that was part of a project called Sacred Futures. Um, and that was outside downtown at Union Station in Toronto. Um, he has shared his work globally um, uh, around the world, including exhibitions uh, at the IGACOM Museum Park and works with the Neo Gravity uh, Global Collective um, that is looking at the intersections of arts and design. This is a conversation that came out of an encounter that we had as part of a conversation between artists and activists um, here in Montreal that uh, was taking place as hosted by the In Spirit Foundation, um, looking at the ways to express uh, both community demands around activism and for justice against systemic racism, and also looking at the ways that art could play a role in that. Um, so here's our exchange uh, for Free City Radio. Yeah, my name is Javid. I was really enamored by writing, mostly from the background of kind of searching out my identity as a Muslim and the Islamic arts so into calligraphy and then growing up in a city, Toronto, where I saw a lot of graffiti. I kind of made it early on this connection between writing and um, how it carries over from tradition to modernity. And then that uh, writing, seeing writing in different ways, like for example in hip-hop, writing is not just graffiti but in terms of writing, emceeing. Um, and then writing in terms of... Um, how you come up with concepts for your artwork um, and then writing in terms of yeah as you actually write big letters let's say you're doing graffiti in a number of forms the scale of the letter whether it becomes 3D or it pops off the wall through some kind of effect that brought me into space and um, so conversations about writing led to these various disciplines um, once I got into talking about space I really you know I was into big 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 murals um, and that kind of led me into thinking, well, what about like how the walls are built? Because like, at the end of the day, we're often painting on buildings that we don't know anything about how they're constructed or how they came to be or who are the occupants and where those occupants even thought of as part of <clears throat> making the space. Uh, I was a community guy. I did a lot of community work, youth programming, empowerment, social enterprise, these things. So that all led me into like, you know what, maybe let me try architecture. And um, I decided to, to take that on seriously, to, be, to become a capital A architect. And those opened up all these other disciplines like urban planning, um, 
temporary permanent installation and now public art uh, at the scale of sculpture and you know hopefully landmark sculpture so all of these things um, and then you know graphic design animation these are part and parcel of of trying to make it as a visual artist in whatever your discipline is you got to kind of you know roll with those so <clears throat> i think um i think i become you become a hybrid hybridized artist just out of the necessity to to grow and expand but i find that i'm more interested in idea than medium i think w depending on what idea what i'm interested in in terms of like writing about that reflects in the medium i choose and um and then it's about designing for that medium so that's the interdisciplinarity of it all is that I'm not I've never really been tied to a medium. People are like, oh, how come you don't paint as much anymore? And I'm like, well, painting is great. Like, I love painting, but I don't feel that the ideas I'm trying to express right now necessarily require paint. There's a lot there. So I'm just going to draw on a few different points to continue our conversation. So going back to representation and writing. OK, so you mentioned calligraphy. You mentioned hip hop culture, graphs, street art. Uh, can you draw out that connection a bit and how that speaks to questions of representation? You're talking about Toronto, but this could play out in different contexts. Yeah, I think uh, there's an innate um, kind of will within us to want to write. It's almost like a speech, speech taking the form of <clears throat> language, taking the language, taking a physical material form versus like an ethereal voice. Um, there's something sacred about that. Um, and I think as a practicing Muslim, someone who identifies with all the cultural iterations that Islam is, um, you know, intertwined with, you gravitate towards the power of the word. Um, and then you question, you know, why, why the, the representations in Islam lack the figure. And if you go down that route further, it also it, it further empowers the word uh, and the imagination. Uh, and then that that can lead to geometry. So then, when you take that kind of route, and then you know you live in a society and situation where graffiti and hip hop culture is pervasive, um, where you're tied to you know you you start to I started to just connect dots. It was like I was looking in the mirror of the tradition through contemporary practice. So, emceeing to me and rhyming was a reflection of Quranic verses and its rhyme. Um, the word play when I see calligraphy in the mosque or the masjid um, and how it's built into the architectural forms to me it's a, it's another reflection of graffiti writing like I kept seeing these things even the very letter forms um, the alif as a number one as an a um, the jim as the is a literally a reflection of the j like I, I just I could not help but see these and I was drawn to that I was drawn to that from a, a child because I was always questioned what my name meant Javid and how it Javed is a Farsi name, so it it represents something from the Persian tradition, and it represents eternity, but it also has Arabic roots, Jawad, so it has this other connotation from Jude or generosity. So I was always interested in wordplay, and so I think um, yeah, the representation through text and seeing this connection of just being in the moment you are and seeing it as a reflection of the past. I think that's what um, that's the dialectic that that is a constantly whether it's intention or complementary in my work. So this this dialectic that you're talking about, um, 
has manifested in different projects that you've done. Um, so maybe drawing on some of the ideas that you just expressed in relation to linguistics, in relation to culture and language, in relation to um, representation. How have some of those projects played out in terms of more recent initiatives? I know that um, you work in public space in Toronto quite often um, and have also dealt with what that looks like in the pandemic. And we, we all know how much more aware uh, we all were collectively of public space in that context. Yeah, I think uh, what I try to do, what I've tried to do is um, tap into this realm loosely, loosely coined sacred geometry, where uh, there is a sense of universality. So I draw from principles of Tasawuf or Sufism, where we are discussing concepts of like um, oneness and and infinite at the same time. Like how can these two truths exist? And you know the idea is somehow you create a bridge in your heart because your mind can't figure it out. So I take these kind of complex uh, metaphysical terms and I look at how they can be expressed in geometric ways because then I feel that when it occupies the public realm, um, whether consciously or otherwise people can um, have a sensibility towards this because it, it, it connects to a tradition of geometric representation and has a built-in universal appetite or effect in it. So my recent in the last you know five ten years of, of public space I've been tapping in sacred geometry and looking especially in the pandemic for example I did one project at Union Station in Toronto which was a passive art exhibit meaning um, people were invited to go there was no opening party there was no active uh, kind of aspect to it it was just there and um, and it was outdoors and the idea was looking at um, the chakras of the of the human body as planets and it was titled the universe within so each planet was given a geometry and a color and they were presented as these illusions because uh, that's what chakras are to some people it's like sure oh yeah those things exist like how do i find them where are they you know so i use this idea of illusion so <clears throat> i think um i've been trying to use geometry in different ways play with it in terms of how the image is perceived or constructed so that it has this kind of illusion or suspension of belief for a section second and then use that to translate um, traditional principles about reality that 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 inspire me and my own spiritual practice um, and that's kind of the methodology I've been using is it, it's kind of di different geometries different sets of illusions and and you know I've stumbled on this idea of the crystal um, the, the perforated crystal because it kind of like it reflects light but it also it's kind of like a Moroccan lamp but it but it also it is a source of light at the same time um, and I've been playing with playing with that uh, that crystal this crystal form for the last couple of years almost now um, so it's it's kind of uh, I, yeah I feel that the explaining to people why geometry is labeled sacred why this sacred geometry exists that in and of itself is a is a great bridge to access the public realm you're mentioning an open air passive exhibition meaning uh, installation work uh in the public space at union 
station in Toronto. Um, sacred geometry and um, alignment of uh, sort of a cosmic uh, depiction of the planets sounds great. Um, you talked about geometry and calligraphy and the questions about how representation happens in um, Islamic context. Um, I think some people listening might not draw those links out. So could you talk a little bit about how that tradition culturally affects what you're doing and just also just spell out a bit those points just so people could really get a sense of where you're coming from? Yeah, I think um, when you look at Islamic arts, you could simplify their categories into calligraphy. So the written sacred text, like the Quran as written in an in Arabic various Arabic fonts um, geometric pattern which can be relatively flat like a mosaic or it could have some depth like a screen that has perforations um, and that usually gravitates towards a star pattern so you have like a central area and then it radiates depending on the number so you're you're getting this feeling of moving to multiplicity but always drawn to a centering so this is a kind of a reflection of a principle of of Tawheed or oneness in Islam, but also acceptance of its diverse, infinite reflections. And then finally, architecture, where you're talking about spatial considerations. And that is mostly privy to Muslims because you'd have to enter the masjid to experience, let's say, space under a dome. But if you were to visit, you know, there's very few examples, maybe like the Aga Khan Museum and Park in Toronto, um, that you have public spaces around uh, private um, Muslim spaces where you can experience um, the architectural sensibility, which is one of calm, tranquility, use of water, centering, symmetry, all of these sort of principles. So those are kind of like three domains of, of the Islamic arts. <clears throat> so I try and draw off those, but in a way that touches on their universality um, because we're in a secular society and sometimes, like for example, the Union Station project was sponsored by TD Bank. And, and Union Station and they didn't at one point in time they even asked me to remove that I'm a Muslim from my bio because they they want to seem religiously aligned and this was at the height of BLM I remember when, when this happened and I lost my shit on them I was like you guys want to erase my identity in my bio uh, you chose me I didn't apply for this project and it's it's, it's there um, so you have you know you have these these moments where you're like <clears throat> you have to tippy toe around who you are. No, it, it it's it's that I choose not to to put to put out work in the public that doesn't necessarily have Arabic writing. So it's not necessarily identifying with Islam in those in a very overt way. But the principles of of the kind of images I'm creating are derived from um, an understanding about Islam that that sees that. Um, like a, a principle of, for example, the platonic solids. These five um, regular solids that, that date back to Plato, obviously, have been recycled and used by a number of traditions, Islamic or otherwise. Um, and so I'm, I'm piggybacking on those, on those conversations. Um, and I don't know if I'm clarifying the way that you asked totally. me to, but that, that's, I think, the best I can do is that it's, it's a kind of, it's about saying that, hey, I can do contemporary practice and fabrication. I'm into innovation. I'm into 3D printing, CNC uh, production, all sorts of 
of tools I have from grasshopper to rhino, but the principles are coming from my ancestry, whether it be cultural, linguistic, religious, and moreover from, you know, a larger field known as perennial philosophy, which is which are schools that have imagined that there is a universal trend there's a transcendent unity that is kind of concealed by all the religious and cultural um, diversity i wanted to draw on one point um which you highlighted which was um you're talking about representation of figures and i think this is a really interesting point that maybe this is an opportunity to think critically about the notions culturally of how that's understood uh, you pointed to geography. Uh, excuse me. You pointed to geometry and the ways that uh, calligraphy would move and relates to ge- geometry and geometric drawings, and how that relates to imagination. You know, this is a radio program, and one thing that people always comment uh, a lot about in re- regards to radio is the ways that it sparks imagination because you're imagining in your mind the ideas and the concepts and the places and the thoughts that are being shared, right? And I think often the reading of, like, the um, Islamic tradition artistically in terms of not representing, um, you know, let's say, the prophet in a very specific way that's understood as a human form. Um, People often read that as conservative, but in sort of, Uh, building on a lot of ideas that you were sharing actually there's a lot of space there to think way beyond the sort of very very conservative framing of assuming that god should be represented like a human being so any thoughts about that yeah i mean uh there is a this question of iconoclast uh which is that you know that the icon is prohibitive in a way of um imagining the infinite uh, capacity of a god Um, so in response to christianity where the icon became almost um, the materialization of the deity um, and we see that played out in situations today where it's like there you might have an ethnic group that is somehow a white jesus doesn't necessarily jive with uh, a, a latino or black gospel um, you know, or for for any any of that, and you know, there's a whole political history there about um, missionaries and everything. That we're not not getting into that, but Islam, in a sense, uh, was a reaction to that by not attributing a thingness to God. So uh, by avoiding that, um, the imagination is free to engage with the you know, imagination is divine in Islam, and the khayal is actually. Um, a way of communicating with angelic or spiritual matters, um, such as the dream world, and you. So, so you can you can find ways to participate in this principle of oneness in a much less um, restrictive matter through geometric means, like the, the just the act of the compass making one point and then drawing a circle around it um, is is so. Um, embedded with this idea that that we have one source and that that the reflection of that source is infinite by this continuous line that it creates um so i think uh, islam took that and ran with it and 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 
you have a miniature painting in Islam, like Persian. As the as the message of Islam grew, it intertwined with other cultures. So you have hybridization and forms of representation. But even if you look at miniatures, you might say from a Western lens, let's say, how come they didn't employ perspective uh, and realism in the proportions represented? You know, uh, when you look at like the Renaissance, you see the, you know the the parallel lines going in space. This everything pre a camera where we've like uh, basically come to represent realism as a value or you had you had miniature paintings in the 12th century and yet they were creating uh, grand architectures that had the understanding of how space was constructed they just weren't representing it in 2D um, and that is because they left it to the imagination you you can see there is an awareness that like you look at the miniature painting it looks flat but there's an understanding that there are levels still to the space um, and it's about you constructing them in your head and I think that a lot of that has to do with um, s stories in the Quran uh, for example the story of the prophet's ascension through the heavens like this you know Dante used that story in, in Dante's Inferno or uh, Divine Comedy um, so a story like that has the ability to to continuously replenish your imagination but if it were to be codified and materialized in a certain way it might have a limiting factor and i think like you know Beethoven, fan like uh, there's lots of new um uh, contemporary islamic practices that include obviously western values of painting whether it be realism or portraiture or landscape or all all sorts of things um, so it's not deemed as good or bad anymore. It's more just um, it's more just uh, whether or not you we gravitate to those traditional principles in the work. Respect, respect. Thanks for sharing all of that. So this has been a great conversation. Thank you. I guess lastly, um, if you wanted to share uh, any info or reflections on one project you're working with right now. Sure. Um, I have a project right now. I think this that's very interesting. Uh, it I'm not the. Um, it's not necessarily my idea. I was brought on by the curator to help realize another artist's vision. He's actually a, a chef. His name is Roger Mooking, and he had this vision. He cooks with uh, open wood fires. Um, he goes around the world and and experience and and like looks at how different cultures cuisine use open wood fire to make make their food. And so he had this idea of fire as being a healing, like the, the wood fire, making an intention on a piece of wood and putting it in a fire as being like a healing practice. Mm -hmm. And so he had this, he has this idea of, um, of collecting different intentions by people across the city in Toronto specifically, and, um, and then burning them in these massive fire pits uh, for 24 hours as a way of... Um, dealing with all the loss and trauma during COVID. So I've been working on this project for about a year now where we've created these vessels. They're kind of like, um, kind of like these small sculptures. They go and they collect people's uh, prayers and intentions through these wooden spheres. And then on March 11th, um, they will be burned in these massive fire pits in these huge pools of water that I've been designing and uh, it's kind of an it's intersection with indigeneity they're fire keepers um, they're oriented to the to the cardinal directions um, each pit uh, expresses a different element 
fire, earth, air, water. Um, and it's this whole orchestration of kind of cosmic principles through this healing act of, of the fire burning wood. Then the ashes of the fire are taken and replenish community gardens. That's kind of a f full cycle of the project. So I think it's a really important story and um, I'm really excited about that, that project. Thanks for taking the time to speak today. Thanks so much, Stefan. I appreciate you giving me space to, to talk. And um, yeah, I really, I really think that that's great. That was a conversation with Javid Ja, uh, who is an artist, interdisciplinary practitioner based in Toronto. I'd really encourage you to check out his work. It's Javid Ja, that's J-A-V-I-D-J-A-H dot X-Y-Z. That's the website. Um, thanks so much to Javid for being part of the program and to InSpirit Foundation for connecting us. This has been another edition of Free City Radio. We have a new edition every week and are broadcasting on CKUT 90.3 FM at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays, on CJLO 1690 a.m. in Geo Montreal, also on Tuesdays at 1 p.m., on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg at 8 a.m. on Tuesdays, and on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at 11.30 a.m. Wednesdays, and finally on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria, B.C. on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just look up Free City Radio. Our archives are at soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll go out on the program today with a bit of music from Narsi. I'll talk to you next week, and take care.
sons and daughters We are the brave and hunted, we are the same We are amazing, we are the hated We are the favorite, we are the change We are the sacred, we are the strange We either came on a boat or a plane Both of them harbored the pain We are the masters, we are the slaves We are the cast out in the rain We are the sheltered, we are the helpless We are the vain, we are the selfless, we are the blame We are the shooter, the victim, the home, the throne We are the here, we are the fear We're the reflection in the mirror, yeah We are the people, we are the equal We are the past and we are the sequel We are the never, we're the forever We live in hell and we live in the heaven Honestly can't even tell you the difference We are the cause, we are effect, we are the blessed And I also believe that we could be the best One day, I will leave this all to you, wind and soil and blood of earth, in the space where the two rivers clasp each other's hands, the mist will kiss your copper skin. Keep safe distance from the water though, don't run from your mother's loving gaze, a young man drowned here once, he was as beautiful as you. His aren't the only tears that gather here. They spill where dreams evaporate. Let your deeds be your reflection. Remember our affection anew. I'll sing to you in our mother tongue to my last breath. I hope the melody reminds you of me. One day your children will look at you with squinting eyes and smile. You'll recognize your father's laugh among them. <laughs>